0: Are you worried about climate change? Do you wonder how the next generation will survive global warming?
1: Do you think now is the time for action, but just don't know where to start? Do you think the contributions that you're making are just not enough? Why not make it your career and spend your life's work creating impact? I'm Zoe. And I'm Radhushree and both of us are sustainability professionals. We are excited to be co-hosting the Green Guru Podcast, a podcast all about mentorship for green careers. Welcome everyone. Today we have with us Mr. Sandeep Bhattacharya, who is the India Program Manager at the Climate Bonds Initiative. Sandeep has more than 20 years of experience in the financial industry, with his long stints with reputed firms across India and Malaysia. Sandeep now works to build a sustainable finance ecosystem in India, collaborating with financial institutions, consultancy firms, educational institutions, philanthropies, and corporates. So he is placed in a unique position to give us a 360-degree view of the sustainable finance job market in India and give us a broad sense of where it is heading in the coming years. So welcome Sandeep so much, we've been really looking forward to this podcast and really glad to have you on board. I spoke about climate bonds. So before I move on, I just want to first start with, can you explain climate bonds in layman terms? Because otherwise, you know, nobody will understand this introduction. I think this is, nobody understands this concept generally. You know correct I, I
2: understand and you know how does the big bad world of finance meet the so-called uh, you know saving earth of you know the green of environment you know how do we save environment and also match the big bad world of finance so let's take solar uh, it was nearly 60 years ago that the first solar panels came on you know the World Trade Center Today, they are rapidly spreading as you know the cheapest source of power globally and of course, in more in tropical countries which are closer to the equator. What has happened is that a lot of money has flown in which has scaled this up, reduced marketing costs and made it cheaper. I'm not saying it's only money. It's a lot of policy support which made kickstarted the demand. But this wouldn't have happened without a lot of money coming in. And the bond markets are the single largest source of capital globally it's a hundred trillion dollars odd sometimes it goes up and down Mm -hmm. so then if you can't tap the bond markets then you have to wait you know 60 70 years for each of these technologies to become scalable we can't afford that green hydrogen becomes scalable in 70 years that's just not on Mm -hmm. so you need money at scale and that's what we try to do we try to bring it money at scale and volume into new technologies into new products into new sectors which the bond market as of now uh, might not understand
0: right. right welcome Sandeep this is Rajeshree very glad to have you on the podcast I have a very simple question actually I work at climate policy initiative and on the surface it lo- may look like both these organizations do very similar work but I would like to know if what do you think about the difference between climate finance and sustainable finance it's used very interchangeably would you like to talk about it a bit
2: yeah of course if uh, the simplest thing i would say is look up the sustainable development goals for understanding what the sustainable finance is so there is a certain overlap it's not a it's not absolutely cut off uh, but sustainable finance would also mean finance for say gender diversity while I'm not saying that climate finance needs to be bereft of gender diversity
0: mm-hmm. but
2: that's not the focus so okay. if if we are to scale up say an industry say say an offshore wind
0: mm-hmm. where
2: till now you know women are not greatly employed
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh,
2: for various reasons I don't know, I'm not trying to get into all that we will not say that we uh, that's not an area of focus because it's uh, overwhelmingly male
0: mm.
2: yeah it is it is about scaling those sectors up does a lot of sustainability matter for green finance yes it does for if you look at agriculture there are most of the small scale farmers are women mm. and uh, if if we don't make agriculture sustainable say in india more than 80% of all farming is, you know, small small scale farmers and a lot of women do the work. If the women are not uh, educated and if we can't make the flow of finance easier to, for them, which to a great extent Bangladesh has done, then that's going to be very difficult.
0: Right.
2: So if there are areas of overlap, there might be areas like offshore wind where, you know, it might not appear to be a part of the SDGs, but we will still do it.
0: So I would urge the listeners to look at the definitions, just to equip themselves with more details and more nuance that comes with these terminologies. And once, if you want to get into the field, it's always good to know what is the exact difference and then define your career path based on that. So thank you. Thank you for making it a little clearer.
1: So, Sandeep, I'm still curious about uh, when you say working with Climate Bonds Initiative, what does your work look like? What does a typical day look like for you?
2: Well, the best thing is every day is very different. So, (laughs) the best thing about working in CBI is every every day is very different. There is a final objective of bringing more and more players to the bond market Uh, and uh, you know, on a day which has a lot of results showing, mm. I will have maybe I am maybe liaising with two or three bond issuers who are finalizing their bond issuance. Mm-hmm. Issuance means they are mobilizing. They are, they have decided they will mobilize, and you know they are mobilizing. They are doing the mobilization, and you know we certify some of these transactions because we have standards. So we'll be working on certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, On another day, I might be with uh, an educational institution planning a session to educate a lot of their members. So uh, some of them are like, say the CFA Institute, which has a lot of access to fund managers who Mm -hmm. need to be told this, or even work work with a government or a regulator uh, or consultancy firms, all towards influencing more and more finance go with them in certain cases uh, you know we have to bid for certain projects and it, it to a great extent it resembles consultancy organizations to a great extent right. it's project like it's very project based mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of interaction with the financial market as well which generally is not the case with consulting consulting firms consulting you know you you get one then you move on to the next and one might not have to do anything with the other, other. Got so it. it's a huge variety.
1: Right, right, right. Great. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting because I think you're working across um, regulators, uh, students, and uh along with your of course the bond markets and financial institutions, etc so it seems like a pretty exciting job that you have i didn't know that i mean of course i knew but uh, how much of awareness work do you do uh, in this you know scenario uh, you you said that you work with young students do you see a need of a lot more awareness in this green uh, bonds climate bonds
0: yes
2: yes there needs to be a lot more awareness about uh, what finance can really do right. first first i think there needs to be some awareness about climate change not being a hoax while that is receding
0: uh,
2: with you know news like this Canada heat wave on Canada and all that it it really sounds extremely strange and then you can relate it to people but still there are people who feel uh, that it's a leftist hoax and this and that I've heard that so now there's a little bit of needed awareness for that so so one of our courses that we are designing is is in collaboration with the Indian Institute of Technology which brings in a lot of credibility Right. so if we partner with them then you know a lot of people will feel that we are not you know uh, perpetrators of some hoax uh, that is that is one thing the other thing is then then the question arises how can conventional business actually do good Where, when you know capitalism is supposed to have brought us to this juncture then how can that same capitalist market do any good that's another question which very really comes across Uh, And very often, this kind of thing needs a lot of convincing. So uh, there are people who who say that, uh, oh, oh, you know, to to do to overcome this, we need to go back to you know the pre-industrial days when we didn't consume. Well, that's not going to happen. So how do you match the current aspirations for consumption, which I mean, you might not say you may or may not say it's legitimate, but you can't stop the world from having those aspirations and still manage to live sustainably
0: right. mm-hmm. is
2: something which needs a lot of uh, awareness building.
0: Right. it reminds me of one of our earlier podcasts our guest uh, manik had said that finance is malleable and you can write poetry with finance he yeah. <laughs> you, you meant that there are so many there's so much innovation that's possible yeah. and you can make finance work for your benefit if you have the right mindset yeah. so i think the so Climate Bonds Initiative is very well placed to bridge the gap between both these worlds, which speak very different languages, and seems like you are doing a perfect job for that. So uh, I want to switch gears and uh, talk about uh, the career aspects of this. You have had a long career in finance before you made a switch to sustainable finance industry. So can you give our listeners a brief overview of what are the opportunities in this field? I'm asking this question because we always see so many short-term trends in sustainability that keep coming and going. And where do you see opportunities for long-term career growth in this field?
2: yeah yeah so the point is you know we are consuming a lot more than we should and the earth can't can't keep it up and with it with this fact comes you know the case that careers which direct this will will stay for the long now what careers are available I'll keep myself confined to India what careers are uh, available in India is to the extent I have seen the highest number of careers are available in the offshoring of ESG research that if you take off talk of share numbers I I don't have the numbers Mm. of of my fingers but I, I can I can see very clearly that there's a lot of people into that so the thing is it's it's about overheads being cheaper here than say in Europe or US and we have well-trained staff who can analyze and crunch and balance sheets uh, to see, you know, how how ESG uh, friendly this particular company is, and against some certain benchmarks which are which have already been set. Uh, these are these are not perfect benchmarks, and they are numerous benchmarks. But this is the most higher number of careers, and I see this uh, growing for quite some time because this this you know this cost differential between uh, overheads here and uh, overheads in the us and europe will remain for quite some time now that is one the second is the space where you know like you have uh, the no the ngos which are largely dependent on grants from uh, offshore philanthropies indian philanthropy still haven't caught up on, on this so it's like climate policy initiative or climate bonds initiative or cdp or the climate group uh, where uh, you generally have you know a lot of interaction and play a kind of a bridging role bridging educative uh, dissemination kind of a role there's there's a lot of variety which is good here but uh, there are uh, issues of sometimes your donors not being very well connected with what you're doing Mm -hmm. Uh, well uh, these are there. And increasingly, like Citibank in the US has hived off its sustainable investment banking. This has happened with MUFG in Singapore. This is going to happen. I, I now have a few meetings with some investment banks who are you know, thinking of this. So you can have a very traditional investment banking career, but in sectors which are only green. So these are some of the stuff which I have seen. Of course, the big four have allied businesses on this and verification, which is a typical big four or, or any other consulting, Not it's not only big four, a typical consulting career. So these are some of the careers which I can see each having its own uh, characteristics and uh, preferences. So that's what one needs to identify when you are trying to identify or target a career what is for you, you know, needs to be based on that.
0: Right. Yeah. Following up on that only, what do you think are some of the skill sets that are required for all these different types of job profiles? Yeah.
2: Because so, on the
0: on on the front, it looks like they do very different kinds of roles. So, what do you think are some of the skills that are required?
2: Yeah. So, for an ESG research, which is generally offshore, mm. what you need to have is excellent. Uh, online research skills yeah so you should be able to get very fast to a source of information which you will compile in a report it that, that's very uh, that's very important you need to be able to scan through documents to get to your data very fast right. because it's very productivity led mm-hmm. if you take too much of time then then you know the cost arbitrage disappears right. uh, so it's very it is a relatively standardized work you can do it very fast and you know there are things like understanding SLAs, service level agreements. You have to adhere to, you need to understand what the service level agreements are. And you need to have a little bit of sensitivity to difference in culture. The person in US is expecting something and you might be understanding something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, these are there. These are inbound, which means you don't go out for meetings. Uh, so if you're not okay with that, um, well, then you need to avoid it. If okay. uh, if if you are somebody who doesn't like to travel for work, or you don't want to be out in the traffic jam and in the potholes, then this is perfect for you. Uh, but then there's where you have to make a choice. Uh, in the NGO kind of a role, again, we have a lot of variety. Generally, you have a lot of variety of work, and it's relatively project based. Uh, so then you have to jump from one job to the other and you might feel your efficiency is a bit low because you are doing so many things doing a job repeatedly makes you more efficient so if you, if you like to be efficient then you know esg research might be a good thing if you like variety then uh, you know these ngo kind of profiles might be slightly better mm-hmm. within consulting it could be both but as you go slightly senior your variety will increase within consulting again consulting is uh, has a lot of variety mm-hmm. one day you are working in botswana the next day you can work in new zealand and the third day uh, you can work in sri lanka and uh, on on you know this 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 range of topics and mm-hmm. so this is uh, the thing in the consulting or even sometimes the ngo roles sometimes you might feel that uh, you're delivering a document because somebody is asking for certain things and that person you might feel might not be in touch with reality so sometimes you have you to deliver a document which you know will hit the shelf mm, i mean maybe somebody will read it 100 years hence so mm-hmm. uh, so that is a part of well that's part of the game i mean uh, mm-hmm. but it's not that you have a tremendous amount of impact the impact is tremendous but within right. two Keep the impact going. You have to keep the cash flow also going, and sometimes the cash flow comes with these kind of uh, reports, which uh, well, nobody might read. Yeah. So you have to be you have to have some degree of comfort with that. So even uh, you have uh, you know what uh, what you work for, uh, like you use kind of screen, uh, corporates or, or startups for being you know scale for being scale up. So mm-hmm. that is right. also has a lot of variety you see so many startups all over the place then comes the next step comes is the startups with very innovative ideas about solving issues Uh, they need to get some support you know the, the people in the team might not know everything they'll need technical support they'll need financial infusion and to do that you have incubators so and then therefore you have the startups so the startup is just like any other startup You have to do a lot with very limited resources, which is exactly the opposite of, say, an ESG research. You generally would have all the resources. You need to be very efficient with it. So this this is exactly the opposite. So then what happens is these startups need initial funding. And that Mm -hmm. comes from generally a venture capital. After a minimum amount of scale up, a minimum amount of operations, you get it from a venture capital. Now, venture capital, what is the skill you need? In a venture capital, maybe six or seven out of the 10 you invest will will go down the drain. Mm -hmm. The three or four need to give you that exponential return, which will compensate for this. So you have to have an eye for that. It's not just analysis and industry. It's also an eye for scalability and extreme profitability of some of these businesses. Mm -hmm. When these businesses have gone up to a certain level, then comes the other slightly large scale equity, which is the. <clears throat> private equity now the private equity firm uh, often invest in large companies which are not reaching its potential or are you know investing in uh, many of these kind of companies who have reached a certain scale so they will come in invest equity generally and exit in maybe 5 or 6 years mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes longer <clears throat> so this is uh, the ecosystem of equity Now, that follows on to listed companies. So now there are quite a few ESG funds uh, who are supposed to go on to ESG companies. And most of them currently in India are going only to well-governed companies because there are not too many environmentally friendly companies there in the listed stock market. But as you saw, TCS and HDFC Bank are aiming towards net zero. So so number Mm -hmm. of stocks will grow and therefore this is a very growing field so if you are if you want to be a fund manager with a very growing portfolio the you know the it's it's nearly non existent and oh. these mutual funds they have some funds but most of yeah. them are not into environmental investing now but then mm. they can be great mm. in between comes you know what is known as impact investing mm. uh, if if you want to understand that well I think you should read uh, Mohamed Yunus, you know, the Nobel Prize winner who started Grameen. Mm-hmm. It's about start. It's, it's his book on social business. You know what? Uh, that is what ideally it should be. Uh, but here you have a very much for-profit companies with a very distinct uh, impact. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: this is uh, this is a separate niche, and often many philanthropies support this. So while you are doing a de- deal making, just like an investment bank or a fund. Uh, but you often have support from philanthropies for certain impacts and some of the component of your money might not require the commercial return. So you have to be okay. able to toggle between these kind of things. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So these these are upsides and downsides. There are upsides and downsides everywhere. It's just your choice about what you take. What okay. is your What is your choice?
1: And, and out of all of this, I mean, I have to ask you, you've, you've laid it out very nicely, summarized the whole ecosystem. Uh, where do you see the, I mean, I know you've already answered this question in terms of, but since you, you know, just just put out this map of where all everything is going and uh, where should you fit according to your personality and your career choice, uh, what do you think is the most exciting space right now to be in in terms of India and the way it's growing and moving towards um more of sustainability i would say finally
2: So a lot of work uh currently is is in the policy space and mm-hmm. that will be so for the next at least two and a half to three years it's simply because the policies are getting laid and are being rolled out right so if you are into there'll be a lot of work for advisory on government uh, Mm. policies a lot of work there Mm -hmm. when that is that has reached a certain level Mm. then you will have a lot of these uh, many other industries besides utility scale renewable energy scale up then you will have finance with a lot of variety and then you'll have a lot of these investment banks will scale up so in terms of a lot of work now a lot a lot I think is there in policy advisory, and, and some of it might not have a finance element. It might be very right. technical.
1: right right right. Like, but, but like it, like does, it does does uh, make a difference to the ecosystem of oh, yes. as to where it's heading towards uh, the policy okay. for sure. Great I mean, this was extremely informative, Sadeep. I'm sure if anybody who wants to pursue a career in this space would be extremely interested to hear about this. and also Sadeep has agreed to mentor at least two people who are interested in this career. So please do apply for mentorship. We'll be happy to connect you to Sandeep. I think if you are looking for um, being in the finance space in India generally, uh, in the sustainable space, there is no one more experienced than Sandeep. Uh, So take, take this opportunity and he's the best person who can guide you. So again, thank you. Thanks a lot, Sandeep, for taking time out. We really appreciated it.
0: Thank you so much, Sandeep. And thank you for being so candid and putting it in such simple words for our listeners yeah. who are probably just starting out their careers. And a lot of it is very hazy for them sitting outside of the uh, industry. So I'm sure this is going to benefit them a lot. And uh, it, you've already answered a lot of questions that we get on a regular basis. Right. So this is really helpful for a lot of listeners. And uh, I thank you from Thanks a lot.
2: Pleasure was mine.